0: This episode of Couch Communion is dedicated to my four undergraduate professors in psychology, Dr. Dean, Dr. Seitz, Dr. Nesselrode, Dr. Holcomb. Thank you guys for a really wonderful foundation of knowledge in psychology and for helping me to learn how to see the ways that my faith is important in the job that I do, in counseling that I may do. Um, and really, every aspect of my life. I appreciate you guys. Also, a trigger warning for this episode: we will be discussing mental health, mental illness, suicide, suicidal ideation, and other potentially sensitive topics. So, if that's not something you want to hear, that's totally fine. We get it, and we'll just see you next time. Take care of yourself. A way you want we roam we take the road we make our home
1: together we're never alone
0: we take the road we make our home hello everyone hi there i'm sarah i'm jordan and this is Couch Communion. Welcome to the couch. The theoretical couch. <laughs> Again, virtually. Yes. yes. Week two of virtual couch. Yes. Um, um, yeah, today we're going to
1: be talking a little bit about uh, a tough topic, but an important one. Uh, Sarah's going to be leading this one. And we're going to talk a little bit about mental illness and um, about some of the Stigma that surrounds it, and and especially in the church, Um, but just kind of touch on some of those topics.
0: Yeah, Um, this was one of the topics, I may have said this before, I don't remember about which one, but when we first talked about doing this and we came up with a big list of topics, it was like one of the top ones, I was like, I have to talk about this because it's something that I've been aware of for a long time, it's something that I'm very passionate about, not stigma mental health I'm passionate about mental health and um I said this in the like intro about me um uh episode episode 0 um but my bachelor's degree was in psychology I for a hot second wanted to be a therapist and then I graduated with my undergraduate degree and I was like oh my gosh I cannot give people life advice. (laughs) I cannot cannot lead people through their life crises, I should say, because therapy is not just giving advice. Um, So I went and got my master's in social work. I am a licensed social worker. I am not a licensed therapist. They are different things. I have not gone through therapist training. So what I talk about, this is just my general disclaimer. If I say something wrong... If I'm a little rusty on my psychology knowledge, I do apologize, but I do know a little bit. So Feel free to update us on any of that. Though. Yeah, if you hear me say something wrong, please let me know. Uh, it's been a while since I hit the psychology textbooks. So, yeah. My opening question to you would be, growing up in church, do you remember any... Messages that you got about mental health or mental illness—was it talked about? Was it not talked about? Yeah, etc. Um, honestly, as I'm thinking about it, it wasn't talked
1: about a lot at all. Um, I'm trying to think of any specific times. I mean. We heard about it at home just in terms of, like, family that we knew or, like, cautionary tales and things like that. Yeah. Um But honestly, I don't remember ever talking about it at church at all. Even, I mean, I can vaguely kind of remember, like, getting the message of, like, God heals everything, whether it's a... Uh, a physical ailment or whether you're just sad all the time <laughs> like in a very <laughs> yeah, cavalier yeah. kind of way um yeah. i don't i i honestly don't remember any ever being taught anything about mental health um i really church. don't
0: either um and i think that's a lot of people's experience i don't think this is really something that many churches really want to talk about um and maybe that's just because it's kind of a downer topic, or or people, I think, see it that way. I don't think it has to be. Right. I don't think in the way we're going to talk about it, that it's going to be a downer topic. But um, I think it's that mixed with the fact that sometimes people who haven't had their own struggles with mental illness or haven't known anyone I don't know if they just don't know how to talk about it, how to broach the subject. They're afraid of saying something wrong or, um, I mean, sometimes more serious uh, diagnoses can can be scary, quote unquote. Um, but uh, that's why I think it's really important for, especially in the church, for people to be well-educated and well-trained in how to help people with this because... It's something that probably everyone is going to struggle with at some point in time in their life. Not every mental health situation is forever. Some people are depressed for a couple months because something bad happened to them. Some people get anxious, you know, for a little while because they're dealing with a really complicated life situation. And then other people have actual, like, chemical, you know, regulation issues that are causing bigger lifetime problems, maybe. So th- everyone is going to need help eventually.
1: Yeah. I think the unfortunate thing about the church is that I feel like it's either that case where like people don't know what to say and they don't want to say the wrong thing, or the opposite where they think they know what to say and they want to say it loud and clear and Ooh, it's yeah. absolutely Oof. the wrong thing for them to say.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into this. First of all, the kind of main sources that I used for this episode... I have three articles in particular. So there is, um, a Vox article by, uh, Tara Isabella Burton. There is, um, a Sojourner's article by Robin Henderson Espinoza. And lastly, a blog post that is from Geneva college's, uh, blog site. They did not list an author, um, But it's called The Stigma Around Mental Illness for Christians. So um, I want to actually start with that one and some of the information that I got there. First of all, just statistics. I love a good stat. And I think it's a good place to start. Uh, So one in five adults experience mental illness at some point in a given year. One in 25 experience severe mental illness that limits major life activities, which generally when you're talking about like a, when you go to a therapist and you get a diagnosis, the kind of key for any diagnosis is, is it impacting your daily life? Right. So like everyone has anxiety. It's a, it's a normal human emotion yeah. to feel anxious. Um, but is your anxiety so bad that you're having panic attacks that you can't focus, that you feel like you can't sit still, you know, things like that. That's what makes it a diagnosis. And specifically, 18% of adults in the U.S. experience some kind of anxiety-related disorder, so panic disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, um, social anxiety, things like that, PTSD. When we look at churches, uh, they surveyed pastors, and this kind of goes to the point of, like, sometimes pastors really think they know a lot, and they need to be be quiet, be quiet. Uh, 75% of pastors that were surveyed knew someone in their family or congregation or a friend uh, that struggled with bipolar or clinical depression. 57% of people knew at least three people that fell into that category. However, very few churches or pastors are properly trained to recognize mental illness, to counsel people effectively or assist their families really in any way. And we sort of brushed on this topic when we talked about purity culture yeah, and the Church 2 movement and how so many pastors want to say, yes, this is a safe space for women who are being abused or anyone that's being abused. But then when you get down to the nitty gritty about it, do they know what they're, do they know how to help? No. And sometimes that's not their fault. It's just the resources aren't always out there and readily available and people don't understand that there go there's more that goes into counseling someone about their thoughts and feelings and emotions than just like listening to them and praying about it right there's it's a little more (laughs) complicated than that sometimes not that that doesn't help those are two very important things to do Those for are someone. good things, but they're not Those the are good only things. things you should be doing. That does not necessarily solve the problem. So, listeners, just know, I went really old school today, and I have paper handwritten notes. So, if you can hear me turning pages, that's all that is. Okay, one last statistic on that same note. Um, this was from the Vox article. Lifeway, like the yeah. company, overall did a survey of churches and pastors. Um Eighty percent of the pastors said that they believed their church was equipped to help those compl- contemplating suicide, but out of they also surveyed people whose loved ones had completed suicide, and only four percent of those people said that anybody knew that their loved one was struggling wow. before it happened. So, and um, yeah, I think what's so. <sighs> What's what because you were saying
1: that like we touched we touched on um, this idea in the purity culture episode where we talked about churches thinking they're equipped to to help with something and they have no idea how unequipped they are. I think what's wild especially in the evangelical church and in a lot of Protestant church veins is that like people want to start a church because they believe a certain thing about God And they're like, that's what our church is. It's all about being a family together who believes the same thing. And they don't realize, I don't think, on the onset what a church functions as for so many people. Because it's so much more than just going to, or at least it should be, so much more than going to church on Sunday and listening to a sermon. And, like, that sermon doesn't necessarily serve all needs. That, like, a Mm. church also is, like, a place where people go for help. And yeah. for sanctuary and for, you know, um, advice and for all this other stuff that, like, it's it's a community center. It's not just, yeah. like, a church, but it's a place where people go for resources. And so, like, I feel like when people start churches, like, you know, these grassroots type churches where they're just like, we're going to, we're just going to go start a church in the strip mall. And they don't realize, like, what an undertaking that is in terms of, like, being equipped to help people with the hard stuff. The hard, hard, hard stuff.
0: Yeah. And just starting a church from the foundations of, like, we want to be a community, a family. It's like florals for spring. (laughs) Groundbreaking. (laughs) Like, yes. Yeah. That's what probably most churches think. And yeah. You're right. It's deeper than that. It's so multifaceted of there are so many people with so many different needs that you need to be prepared to help them with yeah, if you're going to be a minister. I
1: think part of that is like we put God in a box, too, where it's like God only governs over the spiritual part of our lives. Like Yeah. We're only involved with God when we're reading the Bible and praying and, you know, sitting down for a meal or what all, whatever it may be. But like our mental health that's like a that's a professional's job that's not god's job and or or on the other side of it like all of that should be taken care of under prayer yeah and both of those things are just like so devoid of of recognizing the fullness of god like in the sense of like god being there to support us and also god giving us brains to figure stuff out and god giving us brains to seek out resources um and so like it's just really funny to me how like the two extremes exist
0: yeah and i don't understand it seems like a lot of people like to um um kind of meld like your mind and your soul together like they're one thing And they're really, I mean, like, maybe you're, you know, if we're talking about the general concept of a mind, but your brain and your soul, two different things. Your brain and your leg are more similar than either of those things to your spiritual soul. They're body parts. That's a really good way
1: of explaining that.
0: Yeah, you know, like, it's a a part of your body just like everything else. It has functions, and sometimes it doesn't do those functions (laughs) the way that it should. And because we live in a fallen world, unfortunately, everyone's body is like that at some point. And it's no different than if you broke your leg and your leg can't function, you would go to the doctor. Hopefully. Please go to the doctor. If you break your leg, please seek medical help or any other physical ailment that none of us have any problem saying like, oh, man, I, you know. Even I broke a nail and now my hand really hurts or I jammed my finger, you know. It's just such a part of everyday life, but no one ever wants to just say, like, I don't know, I'm just feeling really sad today. I don't really have a reason. I just cried last night at 3 in the morning. I woke up and just cried. And so, it, there's, like, a sense of shame or weakness in that. It's almost that like we... there's
1: a, there's a there's a stigma in the secular world against like seeking medical help for mental illness. And so we lean on the church because it's like, you're the one who deals with all the spiritual, mental, like inside stuff that doesn't have, you know, that we know of doesn't Mm -hmm. have, you know, a physical aspect that we can readily fix. So like you fix me because like the world out there doesn't want to fix me. Yeah. And, and then it's like, Oh, we're ill ill equipped to do that too
0: yeah because um,
1: because we need both we need the physical aspect we need the the science and we need the spirituality of it together right like, whether or not that's Christianity, right. like whatever but like you need you need the the joining of those two worlds of like the who you are in your soul and in your mind but also like what your body needs
0: right right and everyone even if you're not specifically christian has a spirituality to them um i would say you know I mean I believe that that's true. I think everyone has deeper energies and you know whatever if you want to call it a soul, if you just want to call it life energies, whatever. Um it's a it's an important part of your of the wholeness, the holistic person uh that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about the specific stigmas and the myths that churches like to say about mental illness because i got me a list and i would love to hear if you can think of some other ones sure so i would say uh the most popular ones are things like uh mental illness is a sign of weakness you know you like you don't you're not depressed you don't have depression you're just sad and you need to just pull yourself up by your bootstraps here and stop being lazy just choose to be happy Choose to be... Ha- wake up every morning with a positive attitude. You have Jesus. Why would you be sad? Why would you ever be... Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, we will get to that. But... Uh, There's so yeah, much to like-
1: hope for in the Lord.
0: Have you ever thought about exercising? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you want to make me more depressed... I know. I <laughs> know. Unfortunately, exercise does release no, endorphins, does which like yeah. helps with depression. But like that, don't say that to someone who's depressed, please. And that's please the thing is like, like it works,
1: it totally works. But like when you're telling somebody who's in the midst of depression or a depressive episode to like go exercise, you're telling them to literally like this is somebody who like literally cannot put the functionality together yeah. to put toothpaste on a toothbrush and stick it in their mouth. Like it's like it's a wonder you're able to get out of the bed, let alone jog, you
0: know? Yeah, like you, I mean, I'm thinking of times in my life when I've been the most depressed, and if you said, like, why don't you go to the gym? I'd be like, why don't you just tell me to walk into the ocean and breathe underwater? Like, it's not going to happen, Luann. It's just not. No. Yeah. I'm sorry. Planet Fitness is going to have to last another day without me because... No. Yeah.
1: And the unfortunate thing is I think we do that to ourselves too. Mm -hmm. That like you're sitting there in the middle of it and you're like, (sighs) if you would just get up and you would just go and and exercise, you'd feel better. Or if you would just get up and go shower, you would feel better. Yeah. If you would just do this, you would feel better. And then we shame ourselves internally for feeling a way that we can't help feeling.
0: Right. Like, like we're bringing it on ourselves. Yeah. 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 Um, Another one of my favorites is you should just surrender your mental health to God. Give it up to Just God. give it up to God, which I got to be honest. I mean, I understand what people mean when they say just give it up to God. But on another page, I'm like, I, I'm not sure that some people know that that doesn't just make things go away. God is not a tangible human being that I'm just handing a box over to and they take it away. You know, like, you can give things up to God and you can... Trust that he will lead you, and etc. But you do still have to deal with the the real life every day consequences of what's happening in your life. It doesn't make it go away. So
1: yeah, I think people don't they think because like there's definitely been moments where like I've been able to rare, but moments when mm-hmm. I've been able to like give up my worry and like give up my like my focus on something but you're right it doesn't make the the moment go away it doesn't make the situation go away and i think when people give that advice they like genuinely mean like give your worry away and stuff like that but they i think there's a part of a part of us when we give that advice where we're like that'll fix it it'll be over it'll be gone and like no yeah
0: <laughs> it's, it's not over answer. and it's not
1: gone I, and i know a lot of people and i have I have experience with a lot of people who genuinely believe that when you give up the worry, the thing will also solve itself. And that's not always true.
0: No, unfortunately not. And I hear, I I absolutely agree with you that things like a situational worry of like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with this thing. And so I'm just going to give it to God and hope that God will handle it. It's a different thing to say like I'm just going to give up the entirety of my obsessive compulsive disorder right. to the Lord. <laughs> like that's Right. again like saying you're just going to give a broken leg up to God and you won't have to do anything, it won't hurt anymore, you know. It just doesn't really make sense. It's a very easy way to write off people's problems just, and not actually have to listen to it. Just set that puppy in concrete and keep on
1: going. <laughs> <laughs> just cuz you got to get your mother's casket We got a horse (laughs) to go buy. Yeah, are they buying a horse? I don't remember. Oh my gosh. Oh,
0: as I like as I lay dying, folks. If you have not read that book, very side note, please go read that book. It's a it's a a whole thing. (sighs) Yeah,
1: I think Um, that was my first introduction to like that's considered a gothic novel, right? Like that's a. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was that was like Southern my Gothic. first
1: real introduction to that genre, and that was when I fell in love with speculative fiction. Even though that's not speculative fiction,
0: anyway. The drilling the holes in the coffin. Oh my was god! Me was the moment when I was like, "I'm going to hell." I'm, I'm pretty fully sure, going to
1: hell. I'm pretty sure that book is what built our humor.
0: That's probably. I'm a hundred percent certain true.
1: that reading that book and having our English class with that particular teacher to read that book is what yeah. built our entire sense of humor.
0: I also look at that compared to kiss, kiss, bang, bang when he gets his oh. finger chopped off oh, and yes. he gets eaten by a dog.
1: It's the, greatest. It's the greatest. And he's just
0: sitting on the floor. Like the dog ate my, the dog ate my finger. He, do you think he they ate can, it. <laughs> they run the prints on the dog. Ate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm asking my question is, can they get a finger? no my question my question i get to go first (laughs) um that was a tangent (laughs) ladies and tangents uh shout out love you guys shout out okay uh third up here is the good old good old you know god's just testing you oh my god's testing your faith and You just need to keep pushing because this will make you a stronger Christian on the other side. It's just a test. Here's... Okay,
1: you've opened a can of worms for me. Let's Um, go. Here's my thing with that. Um, So, do I believe that God can test people? Yeah, sure. Do I believe that uh, people... That God knows whether or not people will come out on the other side of something having learned to be better in some way? Sure, whatever, fair. Um, saying to someone when they are in a moment of need, God is just testing you, is in no way, shape, or form helpful
0: at all. At all. It is not at all helpful.
1: You may think that you're bolstering some kind of confidence in that, like, God loves you so much and cares for you so much and, like, thinks you're so important that he's going to test you to make you stronger. But here's the thing. Um, That is not acknowledging the very real Situation that someone is going through, it's not acknowledging the very real repercussions of that situation. It's not acknowledging their their actual lived experience in any way whatsoever.
0: Exactly, exactly. And it, uh, I think in the um, I think it's in the Sojourner article where uh, they talk about how evangelicals tend to have this kind of. I don't know if "obsessions" the right word. Let me see if I wrote down the word they used. Um, oh, they emphasize tests of faith as like a way of being born again when you come out of that test of faith, which... Well, it's because we have a lot of focus
1: on... We. That's funny. Uh, it's because there's a lot of focus on... Um, on this dichotomy of you're either in or you're out, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. Like you're, right. like your, your faith has to be tested or else like, who
0: knows if How you're will we know? really following your faith correctly. How do we know that you're not just going to sneak right in there? It's exhausting. Like Arthur Eggfort sneaking into uh Kristen Appleby's backpack to get into heaven. How exactly. do we know? Exactly. That's a deep cut. If that that you would be understand like that, the way to do it, man. <laughs> that would right be there. hiding a backpack uh it also goes towards this whole one of my least favorite things that people say in christianity my big oh <laughs> big 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 pet peeve in all of christianity in all of christianity the entire thing in all of christianity entire history bc ad does not matter um no <laughs> one of my pet peeves is when christians say you know God'll never give you more than you can handle. Oof, 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 oof. It's BS, people. Gonna, Mama, it's garbage. <laughs> I'm gonna be the first to admit I've said that. I've said it too. And I've, I I've said it, it too.
1: And I think it's a I think it's a really like comforting thing to believe. I think it like does bolster your your motivation and your confidence and it makes you feel a little better because you're like, I can get through this, you know. One of my, one of my songs, if I can, if I can live through this, I can do anything. Absolutely. Um, But the fact of the matter is I don't, I just really don't think, um, I don't think it works like that. Yeah. God is not out there like controlling what troubles and what triumphs we get. Yeah. Like that's the nature of free will and it's the nature of living in a world that like is separate from God separate but not is that like things are going to happen and man they're going to break you and it's going to be bad
0: mhm
1: and what i think people should be focusing on is that like when it gets real bad and you're broken god's upset about it too and like yeah is there to cry with you and is there to like walk with you but like you may you may reach a point where like you're done like that's it you cannot handle anymore
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and i think giving people the false hope of like that you're never going to get anything worse is 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 so damaging but it's also so damaging to say like um he's not going to give you anything that you can't handle because then if i'm in that moment and i can't handle it what does you that feel like mean? a failure, yeah.
0: Exactly. That's that's what bothers me about it. I think is that it puts this like onus on people to handle anything that I don't want to say God that life gives you any random chance. You know, people who just get knocked out by a hurricane and die instantly. God. Uh, would you say that God gave them that hurricane and they couldn't handle it? Like, that's just life. That's just nature. And especially people, we talked about suicide earlier, but people who have completed suicide, if you say God would never have given them more than they could handle it, it puts this like stigma of weakness on that person to be like, well, they just didn't try hard enough. They just didn't fight hard enough. And you never know what someone's struggle is ever. And you know, I think I, I think the phrase has merit in the sense of making people feel strong. I think, you know, it, it's it seems more like a morale boost of like, again, if I can live through this, I can do anything. And with God, I can handle, hopefully, whatever I need to in my life. And I know that in the end, even, God will be with me if I don't make it, you know. But just that, again, it's just a it's a very pat answer of, well, it can't be that bad. And don't worry. God wouldn't do anything bad to you, which is not true. <laughs> okay, well, I don't think that God makes bad things happen to people. I think they just happen. Yeah. Everything happens. Yeah. Period. Not for a reason.
1: Yeah. So it's just like a huge mountain of false hope and false confidence and also just like can be the
0: biggest downer (laughs) ever yeah like you're really struggling yeah i got two left they get they get progressively worse so (laughs) or they're in an order that makes me progressively more angry yeah uh so this one is your mental illness is a punishment or a uh consequence of your sins see that just
1: goes back to the whole prosperity gospel thing where it's like you didn't pray hard enough so you didn't get cured but like, yes yes <laughs> like life still happens like you know people still have chemical imbalances people yeah. still have to deal with the mental state that they are born with and the mental you know hurdles that like are there in their lives. Regardless of how hard they pray or how close they are with God, like Mm -hmm. it's it might still be going on. And it's so despicable to then go and blame it on the person themselves. And that I mean, but that harkens back centuries, centuries of that person is like unclean because they've clearly done something wrong if it means that they've got this much strife going on in their life
0: yes yes or even other if you know talking about reincarnation which i'm not a expert on the belief of reincarnation but i believe um some people believe that like if you do good things in your life then you know karma kind of pays it forward and your next life will be better if you do bad things in your life you'll get that karma and you'll be like worse off right and you're even in your next life like and and also just the idea that like uh (sighs) there are people who go through things at such an early age as children that hurt them and traumatize them for the rest of their life that's not a punishment for sin what sin are you doing as a three-year-old that you deserve to be traumatized like Right. or or what did you do to cause that nothing you right. didn't do anything to cause that <laughs> even like, adults <laughs> you know like what we
1: were talking about with like the mormon belief of pre-mortal existence where like yeah you chose your parents well i chose parents who
0: abused me what yeah what no that's a weird, that's weird. That's it's weird it's weird <laughs> it's not right it ain't right i'm telling you <laughs> it ain't right Weird different uh, from wrong, but that one's wrong. That one's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up In wrong. In this case, they're the same. <laughs> that is not correct. That is not correct. Uh Patricia The last one. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia <laughs> Oh um I complete complete side note. Someone on TikTok the other day had a vine compilation and uh a it's pineo was in it chicken nuggets was in it and it just i miss him i miss him too i need him to make a so tiktok funny. i loved it that was just like my comfort i don't have enough comfort. money for chicken nuggets i, don't I, chicken nuggets. I, I literally said that
1: to mark earlier when <laughs> he i said he said he would buy me a kfc bowl and i said i don't want you to go out and i was like he was like we have Uh, Zucchini bread, and I was like, I want something savory. And he goes, He goes, Well, get some chicken nuggets out of the freezer. And I was like, We don't have any chicken nuggets. (laughs) Oh, no, no, I just remembered what my favorite one actually is Uh designers. (laughs) Make it work. But I
0: make it It work. work. Or him walking down the street with the ambulance in the background, just going, Help, help. Okay, anyway, enough about It's <laughs> Pineo <ASP> <laughs> Sorry for the 10-minute tangent on, Ooh, on, Vine. on... On Vine. On <laughs> Vine. I needed to take a break because I'm already getting heated. Uh, this last myth is that if you struggle with mental health, mental illness, whatever, that you are somehow a disappointment to God. No. Wow. No. No. Listen. Wow. No. Hey uh no you're a disappointment to god so you have mental illness or because you're not doing well enough with your mental illness you're a disappointment to god either way either way it's terrible
1: and it's not true i don't know that there's any further explanation i need to give for that one it just like it yeah no just no
0: no 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 spells no 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 I think that's all I really need to say, too, which oh, is just no. not true. Oh no. oh, no. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> Um,
1: I feel like there's a running theme there in all of those. It's just like, it's so funny because, like, when you think about, like, natural disasters, acts of God, in that sense, it's like. Mm -hmm. something happened that like is out of your control and like there's nothing you could have done but like as soon as it becomes a mental health problem it's like what are you doing to make god so angry at you yeah like the tables immediately turn and it's like suddenly this is my fault
0: and even back to just like the comparison between (laughs) physical and mental problems it's it's almost like when something physical happens to you, like you got in a car wreck, you were playing softball and broke your arm sliding into third. So it's almost like, like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's your fault, but you didn't ultimately have control over it. You don't have the power with your mind to keep your bones from breaking. But people think that you do have the power, power of positive thinking. You can stop your thoughts. You can just tell them to stop. <laughs> Just tell them to quit. Oh Come gosh. on. How
1: hard is it to just not people be anxious? Knew, like how many hours of work it takes with a professional to be able to control your own mind and be able to yeah. tell your intrusive thoughts to stop. To it shut takes, up. It, to shut it, all the way up. It, it takes so well, much.
0: Well, you know, uh, it says in the Bible that God gave us a spirit of power, not a spirit of fear. He told us not to be anxious. So does that make you feel better about your anxiety? No, Just stop. God told you to stop, actually. So, just quit. Are there any other, like, big myths kind of like that that you can think of that um, you did cover? I don't know. I just think of a lot about, like, uh,
1: mental struggles that people close to me have gone through. And, like, one of the big things that was worried about in those struggles was, like, well... If I take my own life, uh, I'm going to hell immediately. Yeah. Because that's – that is, like, the worst sin that you can commit. And, like, that's such, like, a big thing. But, like, just the stigma around that whole situation makes the conversation about what to do when you're having those kinds of thoughts – um, so much, that much harder to have and that much harder to, to breach because there's already this baseline of like, well, you're already contemplating like the worst sin you can commit ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so it builds, it builds these barriers where there needs to be open lines of communication and all of those, all of those myths and all of those things that you said, they do that. They build barriers where there should be open open lines of communication
0: yeah and i think the idea which first of all i i mean i don't know how you feel i don't think people who complete suicide go to hell don't think it's a thing i think i think in the image of god as i know them they're merciful right and loving and we're forgiven of our sins so if we're saved so like it doesn't Right. I don't I don't think there is like a mortal sin that's just worse than everything else that is just unforgivable. Maybe that's a theology debate, but I think it uh, is generally, but like I'm with you that like I
1: don't you know, we've said before, we don't see yeah. hierarchies.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. Um and I th- I I wonder if that narrative comes from a place of kind of along the same lines as when people try to dissuade people from suicide by saying like you know you'll hurt your family Mm -hmm. so much your family will never be the same they'll never forgive you just all this very negative stuff and like you'll go to hell because it's the worst thing you could do and god will never forgive you almost as a way to like dissuade people from doing it but the facts facts are facts america it doesn't help there's still people because when you're In that mindset, when you are not thinking clearly and logically, doesn't matter. Right. You're not going to be able to think through and make rational decisions. That's the whole problem. Right, right. (laughs) So coming at it from just like a shame point of view and think about how you're going to hurt everyone in your family, usually people think they're already hurting everyone in their family. That's why they want to not be here anymore is they've convinced themselves that everyone will be better off without them and it's not easy to just flip that switch and make them understand that that's not true exactly. it has to be done with love and compassion and communication so yeah yeah i
1: think too just generally like back to your list of of things it's just like you hear all the time like well, you need to pray about it. You need to pray about it. You need to pray mm-hmm. about it. And it's like, yeah, I'm praying about it. Okay, but who can get me
0: the artificial serotonin I need to survive? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you can't make your own, store-bought is it fine. It is fine. I have one more, but it's kind of a bigger one. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe we should take a break now. Okay. Come back, um, and we'll talk about, is it mental illness or is it a daemon? a demon. Oh, no. Are you possessed I'm pumped by a to talk demon? About this. I know. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, but it's starting to be fall, so let's talk about spooky stuff. Ooh. Sorry, no disrespect for people who like really are into spiritual warfare and demons and stuff. Yeah, no. I'll try to I'll try to not be super biased when we talk about this. <laughs> Coming up after this break. <laughs> welcome back. Hi, hello there. Hi. Are you ready to talk about daemons? Possessions? (laughs) Exorcisms? The devil. The devil. (laughs) (laughs) Delores. (laughs) Delores. Delores. (laughs) Put down that cheesecake. Okay, uh, there's a part of me and maybe again, I think this is because if you listen to our first, our first episode, weird is different than wrong. And we talked about angels and demons and stuff. Uh, then you will know that that is not something that super factors into my spiritual life. If I'm being a hundred percent, you're not a fan. Above board with everyone, right? It's not that I don't believe in them. It's just that that's not really part of my spiritual experience. Uh, so I'm a little cavalier when it comes to demonic possession and things like that, yeah, especially coming from a mental health background I well and I do want to say i so we went to college undergrad mm-hmm. at a Christian university, so my undergrad psychology degree was taught with a Christian background, like it had a Christian focus to right, right. all elements. Um, I think if I ever did become a therapist, I probably wouldn't want to do just straight up Christian therapy, but it did have a big influence on my education. And we watched a video in our abnormal psychology class that covered like mental illness versus possession. And I am very glad my professor, who is a really great psychologist, um, did say that he maybe had one instance in his very long career where he thought this person might be possessed by an actual (laughs) demon. The rest of it is mental illness. I feel like just the one is shocking. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I said too. I'm like, "Mm, you sure about that? Like, although like
1: my take has always been like, I definitely, I don't know why, but I definitely subscribe to the belief that that can happen. Um, I don't know why I, I do, but no, I just no do. judgment.
0: I, genuinely, I don't. I I think that's fair. The Ghost Adventures episode of <laughs> uh, um, with Bobby Mackey's just like really
1: hit me hard. Oh man, <laughs> um, you
0: know also the Zozo episode. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a bad one as far as demon possession. Although now Aaron has come out and said that like it was all fake. It was so fake, which yeah. makes me sad. Well, I will still it watch sense. it.
1: But having been to Bobby Mackey's, um, yeah. Uh, the, and I know that this could have been completely made up in my head that caused this, but I am telling you, it was like walking through a barrier when I got to the front door and like you stepped through a cloud and you, it wasn't even like a cloud. It was like literally like if you had stepped through like a thin wall of jello and then on the other side of it, I immediately felt like ill, like I wanted to throw up. I wanted to go home. I was like, get me the heck out of here. And I didn't even go inside so like there's a spiritual warfare aspect that i definitely believe in but like it's so muddied mm-hmm. by people mis misidentifying mental illness that like yeah. we really don't i feel like know anything about demonic possession whatsoever
0: because it's mostly just yeah. like
1: people who need help who are not getting help <laughs>
0: Right, and so, so this Vox article, um, they specifically were interviewing a guy uh, named Steve Austin, not Stone Cold, <laughs> just regular Steve Austin from Birmingham, oh, Alabama. It's unfortunate. I know, <laughs> uh, but he was talking about he had a very Pentecostal upbringing, and uh, everything, he struggled with clinical depression for most of his life, and it was never taken seriously as a mental illness. It was always considered a spiritual warfare issue. So he was anointed. He was prayed over. And he went and visited our good friend from our uh, Prosperity Gospel episode, Benny Hinn. Oh, of course. Austin, uh, or Steve, Mr. Austin. S- Mister, was <laughs> Mr. Stone fully, <laughs> Mr. Stone Cold. He was fully slayed in the spirit. He was on stage with Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn did the coat thing. And he fell back. And he says in the article, he was faking it. He was really trying for it to be real, but it was so fake. And he had a moment where he was like, oh, okay. So either Benny Hinn and his chicanery is fake or Jesus is a liar. Mm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Get (laughs) folks at home. If you're playing at home, (laughs) it's it's Benny Hinn. (laughs) Benny Hinn's the the fake. That's the correct answer. A is the right answer. Uh, So... Um, yeah, so he talks about that and unfortunately that's what happens a lot is that people who are uninformed of what mental illness looks like, everything is a demonic possession, everything is a demonic warfare, you're being, um, because it's not just possession that people talk about, there's also demonic, uh, what's the, ooh, what's the like word? Like influence or like... Yeah, um... I don't know. It's almost like a pressure that yeah. it's putting on you, yeah. but not like a full possession. Um, and again, not saying not saying it never happens. I just think it's better to maybe err on the side of physical and then move to spiritual. That would be my choice. Um, I guess however you do it. They're both important, so. Yeah. I mean... People in crisis need spiritual help,
1: too. But I think the more immediate problem is, like, let's make sure you're safe. Let's make sure you're you're able to function. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's make sure those basic needs are met so that we can
0: then talk about your spiritual life. Exactly. And we've said, like, kind of all of this also ties into prosperity gospel about this idea that if you're doing the right things and you're following God, he would never allow you to have a mental illness. So, yeah. Yeah yeah not true um i want to make one point because as a social worker i would be remiss and i do want to talk about ways that the church can help uh and this was something that robin henderson espinoza brings this up in their article uh that one thing that would be great if the church could just get on board with would be instead of focusing your theology on how mental illness is someone's fault or a result of sin if maybe we could tweak that theology to actually addressing, addressing bigger issues like systems because your brain chemistry is not the only thing that affects your mental health. It's also things like poverty and racism and sexism and homophobia and fear of being uh, physically assaulted because you're trans or a person of color or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't have access to uh, food and shelter, that's stressful. <laughs> that's not going to do good things for your mental health. I just want to take this second to say... um,
1: Amen. Yeah, yeah, amen. thank you.
0: Amen. Uh, yeah. And again, it, the amen really goes to Robin, but... Well, um, yeah,
1: but the thing is, is that unfortunately, a lot of the things that you just men- mentioned are heavily perpetuated in churches.
0: Exactly, because in churches also, t- especially evangelical churches, not to keep picking on evangelists in particular, because it, it is, it, it's a point, but I think every church struggles with this, but evangelicals tend to have a bit of a bootstraps mentality where um, poverty is a moral failing, and it's not. Right. Just right. so y'all know, there are a lot of factors that go into it. People are not just lazy. There's things like the cycles of poverty or uh, income inequality, resource inequality. Maybe you're isolated, like Appalachia. That's what we deal, uh, deal with a lot here in Kentucky, when we're talking about the poorest places in our state, a lot of the time it's isolation. It's lack of resources. It's lack of employment. Um, And And those
1: stressors lead to, you know, mental, mental weight that you have to carry.
0: Exactly. That
1: can exacerbate underlying issues or it can make, um, it can start creating issues that weren't there before.
0: Right. And if it doesn't cause an issue, it deepens it, you know, it doesn't, Help And so if churches could be more proactive in that way, which might force them to be a little uh, more on the progressive side, more on the, I would say, generous side mm-hmm. of not being so hesitant to give people resources. Right. But that's really the thing is that there are so many barriers, even if we're talking about, uh, I, I told Jordan off the recording um one of the things that made me want to do this topic was that I signed up for therapy (laughs) finally and yay I'm very excited uh I'm going Thursday and the fee I'm not gonna say exactly how much it is the fee for one session that is not covered by my insurance that I will be paying out of pocket is what some people have for their entire like food budget for a month it's not possible for everyone and so we need more resources even just in things like being able to go see a therapist being able to go to someone for medication management it's not cheap buying medication is not cheap no, especially not if you all. don't have insurance Right. Um, i take two different i take an antidepressant and uh, an extra like anti-anxiety medicine not cheap so I mean, it's not terrible because I have really good insurance. Lucky me. I'm blessed. Anyway, I'm going to step back back down off my social work soapbox for a hot second. We'll come back to it, I'm sure. No, but you're
1: right, though. I mean, like, you think about churches and, like, what they're supposed to do and they're supposed to feed the hungry and, you know, help the poor and help, you know, help people. And I think um, they think a lot about that in terms of, like, we're going to have we're going to have a soup kitchen day, which is not a bad thing. No, but like there could be more done to help like break down the
0: systems that create those situations. That's the thing. It's the difference in micro and macro mm-hmm. kinds of uh, that's, you know, if you're talking about like systems and I, Oh, I hate to use this. Actually. I hate to say like, teach a man to fish. <laughs> kind of a thing but it's similar in the sense of like you can run a food pantry and feed people every day and that's great that's what I do for a living is work at a food bank it's great and we're constantly hopefully trying to work ourselves out of a job ideally in a perfect world we wouldn't need food banks right however that problem will not be solved by us going to the food pantry every day and giving out meals it will be solved through Policy, legislation, right, income equality, housing, security, etc., etc., etc. So, if we could, it, it needs to be a big picture thing for the exactly. church at large, in both micro and macro. My teachers would be very proud of me. <laughs> Look I'm at proud me of now, you, professors. So. <laughs> um. I I think lastly want to kind of uh touch on therapy and why sometimes churches are a little afraid of therapy. This isn't a, a huge topic, but I think it's important to say that um it's understandable that I think sometimes churches who are very entrenched in uh their own Thoughts and beliefs behind psychology are skeptical of, quote-unquote, secular therapy, secular counseling, psychology in general. Psychology, since its inception, has not really been trusted by religious people. Which, I mean, Sigmund Freud, starting with him, he was very anti-religion anyway. Also, he was gross. This is not a Sigmund Freud stan (laughs) podcast. We don't like him. We would, uh, if I could... You know how they say, like, if you could meet one person, living or dead, who would you meet? Sigmund Freud, so I could absolutely knock his teeth out. Like, gross. (laughs) Dude, you're gross. Um, But him and, you know, a lot of, like, behavioral science, behavioral psychology kind of reduces people down to animal instincts. Right. Um, Jung was, like, kind of a whole other woo-woo, real out-there kind of guy who, like we all had a collective consciousness and just not super church friendly on the whole you
1: and i should talk about carl Jung sometime because
0: i like carl Jung.
1: yeah no because he's like, fascinating I'm not, I'm not huge like hugely up on him in general other than his work with um the general like archetypes
0: yeah like the mbti
1: and all that yeah yeah well no no, no not just the mbti but like
0: Maybe, I, maybe oh arg-
1: yes yes, yes. archetype yeah. yeah like like the the hero's journey and like that that yes that yeah bag so you and i should have a conversation about him because like
0: earlier when i was like we want a finger puppet of him you were like whoo and i was like oh no i just thought it was an interesting choice i that well, was not yeah. the name i was expecting you to yeah. say yeah but i think carl Jung's cool okay I don't know that I like agree with his well, no yeah. theories, but he's a cool guy. He wasn't I think like he had a lot super problematic though, right? I don't think so. Okay. Not that I know of. Nothing. He was. Not he was world no world Freud. It. He was no Freud.
1: You know that's a
0: that's a low bar. So it truly is. <laughs> it truly is. So, um, but yes. So a lot of I think a lot of Christians who aren't educated about kind of different options of therapy are a little worried that they're going to go to a secular psychologist and they'll try to be talked out of their religion or that, which, you know, there are some non-religious people who can be a little bit uh, high and mighty about their non religiousness uh, So I don't want to say that never happens. Sure, it does. But it is possible to find a secular therapist who's very understanding of faith issues. Or like I said, there are plenty of Christian therapists out there. I think, Um, too, a lot of people are afraid of medicating. They're afraid of, like,
1: people pushing medications on them. And, like, I think there's some kind of, like, spiritual, like, belief that, like, if you alter your mind through, like, medication, then, like, Mm -hmm. you're inherently, like, going against God or something like that. Which I think yeah. is wild because it's, like, God gave us cold medicine. He gave us, like, yeah. treatments for cancer, which, I mean, some people don't believe in. But, like, it's not like you're trying to it, It's it's – you're trying to function. You're trying to, like, right. be the best you that you can be. Um, yeah. And take away those barriers that are getting in the way of that.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes with, like um... – psychological or psychiatric medicine people and I was this way too before I was actually on it um I didn't understand like how it was gonna make me think and feel and how it was gonna affect me and I think some people have this idea that it's like akin to taking drugs where you like get high or it numbs you out or whatever but can I be a nerd for like one second no go for it so SSRIs (laughs) Let me take you down a path of what happens in my brain. (laughs) SSRIs are a classification of anti-depression drugs that work off the theory that depression and anxiety happen because you don't have enough serotonin. They're selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Yeah. Really, the only reason I'm going into all this, I do have a point. But So you have neurotransmitters in your brain, serotonin, or... Dopamine or norepinephrine or all those, like, feel-good chemicals. And uh, they get taken from one place to another by neurons. And so they take serotonin up and they put them on the little protein thingies that send it to the rest of your body. And then reuptake is what happens when they take those serotonin thingies away. So... All medication is doing is just inhibiting that taking away. So you have more serotonin. That's like, first of all, how cool is that? I'm a nerd. I know, but that is so cool. Like thinking about molecules in your body, um, like a pill that I take every morning is somehow enough to fine tune that molecular biology in my brain to stop proteins from grabbing a neurotransmitter like what what and that to me is where like it's of god it's of god god right gave people the wisdom to create this right it's not making me high it's not the only thing it does is help me not have a panic attack which is great if you've ever had a panic attack you know fantastic would not recommend them zero out of five stars would not visit again and it just makes things, like, roll off my back a little easier. It makes it so I'm not constantly uh, running through the same thoughts over and over right, and over right. for no reason, getting nowhere, or, like, hyper-focusing on things. That's all it does. It's not, it doesn't, you know, I'm not, like, a hippy-dippy, zonked-out person. <laughs> and if you do take medication, and you are that way, stop taking. I mean, no, don't stop don't cold turkey. taking it. Yeah. Talk to you, talk, talk to your, to your doctor. doctor. Do not quit cold turkey. Any medicine, don't do that. That's um, not but safe. talk to your doctor because those are side effects you should not be having. Right, that's not your brain working the way it's supposed to. Anyway, that's my rant about that. Um, while I was looking into this, I had a really close call. I almost agreed with focus on the family. <laughs> almost. <laughs> It was it was this close. <laughs> I love that
1: that's your close call. I, love I it. had a
0: second where I was like, "Do I agree with them? Am <laughs> I supporting Focus on the Family right now? Is that what's happening? Oh my god!" Um, because Focus on the Family has their own. Uh, for people who are worried about going to a secular therapist, they were like, "We see that. We're going to come up with a referral program for vetted Christian therapists." I'm like great. Anything that helps get resources to people. They've referred like 250,000 people. Fantastic. I'm glad those people are getting help. Good for you. Focus on the family. <sighs> um, And their like director of counseling services supports therapy. And in this article was like, no, you can't always just pray things away. You need to talk to a professional. You need to like, wow. get on medication if you need it. See, this was the close call. where I, I, was, like, l- I was lured. <laughs> I was lured into a sense... Of maybe I agreed. And then I remembered, thanks to this article, um, that no, that no, they can't, mm, they can't just just do something they good can't just leave it there. they can't just be a force for good because all of their therapists that they recommend to people must, uh, I don't want to say abide by, they have to affirm, focus on the family's. Very conservative views, including no homosexuality, including conversion therapy that they openly support in the year 2021, the year of our Lord. Yeah, so I thought for a second they might be cool, and then they disappointed me yet again, but that goes to show the need for... Christian therapists who are trained in all issues not just there are young and old i don't want to see, even say young there are christians who are in the lgbt plus community who maybe are struggling with that because of the way that they were raised and they need a compassionate empathetic non-judgmental therapist right, right. to help them work through that not to tell them what's right or what's wrong to help them discover who they are, and decide what they think about things. That's the only point. That's what therapists are. They don't tell you what to do. They don't give you advice. They help you work through your stuff so you can make decisions for yourself. Right. That's the point. It's not a magic fix. So, anyway. I also want you to know the the suffering that I did for this podcast. The dedication that I have to this podcast. I voluntarily went onto google.com and typed in Uh, mental illness Kenneth Copeland because I knew I knew that him and Gloria would have something to say about it and I wanted to know what it would be and I watched a 24 minute video of Kenneth and Gloria talking to an expert I'm putting that in a ton of air quotes for you listeners out there and I did that for you for you at home not you, Jordan. I mean, I would do no, of course for you. Not. <laughs> I would order a KFC bowl for you any day. Uh, and so I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It wasn't terrible. It was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, to be quite honest. Um, their guest, the guest that they had, was a lady named... Uh, a doctor named Dr. Karen, Carolyn Leaf, who is South African and seems very sweet. Seems knowledgeable. She... Has a PhD uh, in neuroscience and talks a lot about That's quantum intense. physics, which I'm going to be honest, when she talks about quantum physics, I'm not sure she's, it's like, a, I don't think you're using that word the way you mean to be using oh, no. that word, but whatever. <laughs> um, but she quantum is- Quantum
1: physics ha- and neuroscience, though. <clears throat> Do those go
0: together? Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> because she is extremely power of positive thinking oh. oriented she has a book about you know just changing instead of like therapy or medicine you just you have the power over your thoughts and if you can just take like 15 minutes and just meditate just let your mind wander it just disconnect i'm like ma'am i mean mindfulness we know. is
1: important but like also
0: yeah my biggest gripe honestly with her with this whole video First of all, they did the whole, like, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear bowl that we've already talked about. (laughs) Shut up. Um, I'm sorry. That's not fair. That's not nice. But um, she also said at one point, more people are talking about how isolated we are in today's day and age and we're the loneliest generation. And she said people, more people are dying from a lack of love than any other disease known to man and i'm like that is such a vague what does that mean yeah no they're not people are dying of cancer ma'am not lack of love like what people are not out here dying of a broken heart more than cancer refuse to believe it <laughs> carolyn um well like uh, kind of stepping back for a second this whole like god
1: did not give us a spirit of anxiety or whatever yeah. he gave, or a spirit of fear like I feel like we should acknowledge, like, like yeah, no, we're, we don't have a spirit of fear. We should have a spirit of confidence in the Lord that, like, he's there for us and all this stuff. But then I should also be like, hey, we have a spirit of confidence that, like, God gave other people brains. And, yeah. like, helped them get the knowledge to, like, also help you. Right. And then, like,
0: there are, there's help out there. <laughs> right. And, like, no one's perfect. Right. Uh, sure, he didn't give me a spirit of... Anxiety, but he also didn't give me a spirit of being addicted to the My Nintendo Switch, and I do that too. So <laughs> sorry, uh, you know, I it, whatever it's again, just one of those verses that I feel like people quote oh, without yeah. any empathy. Absolutely. She, she also went on a whole thing about how nowadays modern therapists, you know, for the past however long, they're taught to just treat... Ev- basically, she was saying, like, treat everyone the same. And, like, if you have OCD, which isn't a real thing because we just make up names... Like, yeah, everything is made up. Nothing nothing is real. I don't know if you know this, but... <laughs> <laughs> real. Labels are labels. And I agree with that. Like, saying that someone has OCD, a bunch of people have OCD and none of it looks exactly the same. It's just a way of categorizing best practices. That's all it is. It's not like a DNA code that's in your brain. That doesn't mean it's not real. Right. <laughs> it's very real. It's a real situation that people are dealing with. But um, she said something about like, so people just want to like treat the t- therapists are trained to treat the diagnosis and not look at an individual's like what's happened in their life and where they ca- I'm like, that's literally what you do in the first therapy appointment right right you talk talk about your background the the form i filled out today to go to therapy uh you know tell me all about your family were your parents divorced what was your relationship like with your parents when did they get remarried and at what age were you like dang okay (laughs) sure let me tell you all about my life it's just not true it's just factually untrue which for the copelands i know is a shocker that they would have something factually untrue on their program. (laughs) Program. Victorious faith with Kenneth Copeland. But I did like uh, the one positive takeaway of that attitude is, in a way, thoughts become things. If you give negative things your energy, that is what will grow. If you give positive things your energy, that is what will grow. That is true however that is a lot easier said than done right and when you are in the midst of a mental battle you do not always have time to give positive things energy you just don't you don't have that much energy to go around right so um i wrote down just like my big takeaway thoughts as a recap so in summation if you take nothing else from this uh It is not a sin to be sick, period, physical, mental, emotional, whatever, not a sin. Uh, And you do not have to be afraid of secular treatment, I promise you. As someone who has studied psychology at a Christian university and social work at a secular university, it's all okay. I I promise you, (laughs) Uh, they're not going to try, you know, if you find a good reputable counselor, it will be fine whichever way you want to go. Um, Please take medicine if you need it, if you want it. Please go to therapy if you need it and if you want it. Do whatever you have to do. It's all good. Like, you're not disappointing anyone. You're doing what's best for you and taking care of yourself. Um, For Christians, yes, spiritual integration is important. It's not just your physical, chemical, etc., and if you have a good theology about it, it's helpful, you know? And feeling close to God and knowing that God is in that struggle with you is a comfort as long as it's being used positively and not as a way to shame people. Mental health is as important as physical health. Absolutely. You're probably not possessed by a demon. <laughs> no promises. But probably well, not. not. Yeah. Probably not. Maybe look at other avenues, other options, other possibilities. Um, please advocate for better mental health policies in this country and policies that support people's quality of life because Amen. that will get to the root of so many issues. And most importantly, if you are struggling, please, 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 please find someone in your life that you trust. That you can talk to. Please do not be afraid to reach out. I promise you there are people in your life. That will talk to you. If not again. Therapy. Find a pastor. You know someone cares about you. And. um, I want to end on just like the story of. The of Jesus. When he is performing miracles. And. uh, The man who's paralyzed. Is brought to him. And his friends lift him up onto the roof of this house, take the roof off of the house and lower this paralyzed man down onto his mat so that he could be in front of Jesus. Really my point in that is there are people who are going to be willing to carry you up to the roof of a house and lower you down because we are we are all that paralyzed man at some point in our life. We all have things. We're all quote-unquote broken but like we live in a fallen world we all have struggles and so I think it's important for us to realize that at some point we will be that paralyzed man and I think that makes it also our duty to at some point be those friends for the people in our lives absolutely
1: that was well said yeah
0: thank you I, that's all I really have prepared other than just uh don't be scared to talk about your mental health. Yeah. I am I feel like sometimes I overshare because I'm just not scared at all to, to tell people that, like... It was such a relief the first time after I, like, had my first panic attack. I was talking to a co-worker that I also knew was very open about that kind of thing. And... I told her about it, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, yes! Here's what helps me. Here's a couple things that I used to do when I got panic attacks." I was like, "Oh, thank goodness!" Like, I could have cried in that moment because I was like, "This is normal. This is normal. Right? Other people have gone through this. There are solutions. So, don't be afraid to talk about it. Yeah. There's nothing has nothing to do with any weakness on anyone's part. Not at all. So, and no, the
1: first I think good thing that you can do for yourself is to reach out uh, and to say. You know, not necessarily, like, I need help, but, like, hey, I'm going through something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's as easy as that. And. Uh, Yeah. Someone, someone will help you and, you know, maybe guard yourself against because there's some people who are going to say some dumb things to you. I'm sure we've both had people say real dumb things to us about (laughs) anxiety or depression or whatever. They exist, unfortunately, but. um if you ever need to reach out to us, I again we're not experts, but we can point you in the right direction. We can get you in the right direction, and if it's just something like, you know, like my coworker did for me, if you have anxiety and you want to know what worked for me or what worked for Jordan with her own stuff, I, we haven't really talked too much about your <laughs> stuff, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like don't don't be afraid to reach out to us. I'm happy to share resources, share tips. Um, we'd always be happy to talk to you about whatever. So yeah. our our DMs are open. Our email is open. It's a safe space. Confidential. Here on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you guys have a lovely week. Yeah. I'm trying to think. This has probably been a short week for most of us because this will be after Labor Day. So I hope you enjoyed your four-day week. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes and it's the weekend again baby go and enjoy that weekend again <sighs> and we'll see you
1: next time see you next time stay, stay. communed oh wait that's
0: wrong <laughs> oh that's wrong stay tuned and stay communed goodbye Bye.
1: This episode of couch communion was produced by us we don't have a team for this music by grace mason cover art by the wonderful sarah mullins at dr frank and sarah on instagram and twitter if you like what you heard check us out on anchor spotify apple podcasts and anywhere else podcasts are found new episodes every friday thanks for listening